Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back to the Moon Underwater, everyone, for part two of our discussion with Susie Gage. Uh, Susie is an acad- well, an, e- an ex-academic, or are you always an academic? I prefer the term recovering academic. Recovering a- <laughs> academic, uh, podcaster, uh, writer, broadcaster, pretty much everything. Uh, but do check out her podcast, Say Why to Drugs. Like what you've done there, uh, a take on the uh, Grange Hill song, uh, but also an important question to ask, and also uh, episodes of Distraction Pieces, which Susie has hosted with Scroobius Pip, who's been to the moon underwater himself. And uh, before we head to the quiz, uh, just the delightful sound of the moon underwater revealing its first bottle of Riesling of the evening. <laughs> Ooh, the age of Riesling. I was expecting a kind of... Uh plonk of the cork coming out there, but it was a screw top. Corks are sad. (laughs) Uh, Robin left you on three periodic tenterhooks at the end of part one, relating to our old friend, yours and mine, Le Table Periodique, Robin. Le Table. Le Table. Thanks, John. Yes, that's exactly right. Everything you just said. Question one about the periodic table was, what is the chemical symbol for your friend and mine, tin? Susie, what do, what are you saying? <sighs> the letters AU came into my head, but I have a feeling that might be either silver or gold. But I think it's I'm going to go I'm going to go AU. Whoa, John. Um, well, it's not AU. I I I was hoping you would say lead because that's one of the trick ones, and I know that um, it's on crosswords a lot. Lead, isn't it? Uh, I'm going K. No, I think that's potassium. Ah! It is one of the annoying ones, though. It's S-N. S-N. I always used to remember it at school because of the N at the end of tin. I don't know. That's a good way of remembering it. Yeah. (laughs) But how do you remember the S? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. You just have to think. You just have to remember the S and that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. That was the easy one. Anyway, question two. Naturally occurring noble gases. Which ones are they? Can you name them? Uh, Susie, what you got? So I think there are six, and I think they're your borons, your argons, your xenons, and three others. Impressive. John? Well, I think there's, I don't know, I said three naturally occurring, and I guessed argon as one of them. 
you're bang right with Argon. Yeah. Susie is bang right with six, but some people might say seven. Who? Liars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Boron is not one of them. Ooh. Got helium, neon, argon, krypton, xenon, krypton. and radon. Radon. And the noble factors. Yeah, exactly. So what's the mysterious potential seventh? Pluto. No. <laughs> <laughs> Pluton. It's... Oganesson, OG. It's the original gangster. It's um, synthetically produced radioactive element, variously predicted to be another noble. How do they not know yet? Anyway, so that's the seventh. If you if you want to be kind of pedantic, how do you create an element? Why, if I just like made some different type of wool and said that's <laughs> that's wool too? You've created a few elements in your time. Yeah, but how how do you decide it's an element and not just a, a like a cake or? A I think you just look at it and say it's an element, don't you? That's a compound, isn't it? A cake's a compound. Uh. Question three of the one hundred eighteen known elements: How many of them are known to occur naturally on Earth? In other words, how many of them are naturally occurring and not man-made? E.g. plutonium is, is man-made. So out of 118, what are you saying, Suze? <sighs> I haven't got a clue, so I'm going to say 65. Very nice. John? Uh, let's see if I can count them. Grass. Uh, <laughs> uh, mud. Cotton, mud. Sinks. Li- liquid. Gas. Uh, I've got 104. Wow, it's 94. Oof. You smashed it, John. So I'll call that a draw. I'd say you got one each. Yeah, we maybe got one each. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, neither of us covered ourselves in glory, did we? <laughs> Good quiz of another Moon Underwater pub quiz next week. Uh, Susie, before you choose your two spirits, let's talk about what this pub looks like. You're walking in, what are you seeing? Who's with you? I mean, it's definitely going to have nooks and crannies. I'm kind of thinking... Highbury vaults vibes. It's got to yes. have a, a snug room. It's got to have uh, like little dark corners where you can go and sit if you want to have a little quiet drink with someone and a proper catch up. Um, but also a big table or like a sort of like the area at the back of the hill grove where there's lots of like sofas all in a little area so you can all sit around a low table and have a larger gathering. But yeah, it's going to be relatively quiet background music is okay but we don't we don't want we want to hear each other talk we want to have conversations conviviality that is a a a key touchstone of my pub please and any cats in the pub because there is a good cat link to bristol pubs as well isn't it oh yeah so my cat was sitting next to me until a minute ago um but my cat was born in uh the bag of nails in bristol one of uh luke so for some reason when I was in Bristol, I ended up being friends with a lot of pub landlords and who are great people to be friends with. But Luke um, was a particular friend. And yeah, so his pub, The Bag of Nails, at the bottom of um, Jacobs Wells Road, that became known as the... It went viral in Japan, I think, because of the number of cats he has in the pub. And yeah, Iggy was one of, I think, the second or third litter of cats so back when there there were only sort of five or six cats in the pub, and now I think there's sort of fifteen or so. What do you think is the ideal amount of cats for a cat pub? I don't know. I mean, the good thing about his pub is that there were two floors above the pub, and the cats could just come and go as they please. So the cats are never 
shut in the pub. If they are sick of being bothered, then they can just nip off upstairs for some privacy. And what if they're just sick? If Well, I mean, you don't really want to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't necessarily think I'd have cats in my pub. Okay. In the back room, that's fine. We got nooks, we got crannies, we got snug, we got dark corners. We've also, you said, a uh, Highbury Vaults vibe. We should give a bit of context to that, because the Highbury Vaults is a pub in Bristol at the top of St Michael's Hill, where you walk in... I want to try and create a 360 tour in your mind. You walk in. To your right is a door. Ignore that door for now. You go straight on. There's two tables on your left, and there's a train set on the wall that goes around the entirety of the left-hand side of the pub. To your right, you have the bar. It's a beautiful, proper wooden bar. And I don't mean, like, gleaming polished. I mean matte wood. Then you have another section with uh, on your left with a couple of tables. Then you go into the back room, which has tables on your left and right, and also a bar billiards table, which is a rare thing to find in a pub these days. And then beyond that, you have this very long beer garden, but it's sort of covered with heaters. But I'm going to walk you back through the pub. Walk you back to that first door I told you to ignore. Because that door opens into a tiny mini bar, which is an offshoot of the main bar. There are two tables in there. And the unwritten rule, which I would like to actually write, is if you walk in there and there's four people sat at the table in the snug and you've just finished a long cycle ride with your other cycling friend and you're into bikes and you've got two bikes with you and you're dressed in lycra and you've come in for half a lemonade, you're not allowed in the snug! You're not allowed to sit weirdly close to the four people who've obviously got there at 5.45pm to guarantee the snug. You can't sit next to them and have a big loud chat about cycling and halves of lemonade while four people are living the best evening of their entire lives. Robin, thoughts? (laughs) Well, are we expanding this out or is this just one specific example that happened to you once? Yeah, it's based on something that happened to you and me, actually. <laughs> yeah. But that's it's, it's very true. I mean, it's it's just that it's the perfect size for one group of people. That's its strength and its weakness. I've got to say, 5.45, you're leaving it late to secure that snug because mm. the psychology department of Bristol University on a Friday, someone will be in there from 4pm. I I mean, actually, I have no idea whether that's true anymore. But in the good old days, <laughs> when I when uh, I was part of that psychology department, and um, it had a really lovely vibe, there were some amazing, amazing people working there. And pretty much every single Friday, someone would wander past your office door at about four p.m. and be like, "Vaults." Mm. Well, I, I guess my my main message is don't trespass on somebody else's magic. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Susie, what are your two spirits? So I've got one spirit, certain, and that's old Pulteney, 12-year-old old Pulteney. Oh. A friend of mine was doing her PhD in York uh, in medieval history, and we went up to visit her once. And we went to all of the amazing, the amazing York pubs. There's qu- How many Sam Smith's pubs are there in York? Several, because Tadcaster is obviously only just down the where Sam Smith's is from is just down the road. So we did a sort of Sam Smith's tour, and then we ended up back in her in her room. And um, yeah, she cracked open the old Pulteney, and it's just this sort of 
salty, delicious. Oh, yeah, it's really good. The perfect way to wind down an evening. York would be one of the great places to study medieval history. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, in fact, I don't think you. I don't think you could name a better place than York to be studying any area of medievalism. You just feel like you were sort of there. It feel like time travel. But you you seem to have hesitations about your second spirit. Talk me through your f- thought process. Well, so I'm aware that I don't have any wine of any kind in my pub yet. I know I've got a wild card coming up, and my initial idea for a wild card was espresso martini because mm-hmm. it's just a fun drink, isn't it? It's delicious, and um, but obviously I'd need two spirits for that, so I can't use my spirit to make my espresso martini. So, but uh, but wine doesn't really count as a spirit because it's not a spirit. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I used all my because I wanted to get equal alcohol-free and alcoholic beers. I've kind of used up all my uh, bottles and cans. I mean, what would... Because what would, we could sort of give you coffee on the house. So what what would... Could you just have vodka and coffee? Or does that... It's not quite the same as an espresso martini. <laughs> I think it's meant to have colour in it as well. Right. Yeah. Well, you could go for a pre-mix. They do some extraordinary... I think we could allow a pre-mix uh, espresso martini as a cocktail... As a as a spirit, as I'm a sorry. Spirit. I mean, if if you're willing to, uh... well, more. I've mentioned them before, but Morehouse cocktails. Jeez, Louise, they're a margarita. Mm. I mean, I'm not a huge spirits guy, but I I swear to gee, I could drink a pint of this stuff, which would be absolutely catastrophic. <laughs> it's so nice, but you could have their their espresso martini as a as a spirit, or or any. Any premix espresso martini you should so wish? Because I do, I like it's. It's nice to have something a bit fancy every so often. Um, and in fact, just before I just started a new job a couple of weeks ago, and um, went out. Uh, my son was in nursery, so we went out for lunch like the day before I started the job, and um, I really fancied a fancy drink. And then <laughs> I noticed that they did alcohol-free espresso martinis, and I was like. Can you do me a decaf? So I had a, a decaf alcohol-free espresso martini. And I was thinking about all the times that, like, because I've written about things like tobacco control and um, and alcohol in public, I've written for The Guardian. I, I wrote for The Guardian for quite a few years. I had a science blog on their websites. And just the amount of sort of hassle I got from, from libertarians, I was just thinking they would have an absolute field day if they knew I was drinking a caffeine-free, alcohol-free espresso martini. It was delicious. Absolutely delicious. So what do they mix with the uh, decaf espresso? There's got to be a bit of, like, sugar syrup in there, maybe? What's the sort of... I mean, Is it are... like an alcohol-free vodka? I would guess so, yeah. I didn't actually ask. It, um and it didn't say on the on the menu. It just said that they had an alcohol-free version. Mm. Are you sure you didn't just get a coffee? <laughs> just a sort of cold coffee. Yeah. yeah. What well, with when you were so? Should we put down espresso martini? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's allowed because it comes pre-mixed. With your alcohol, uh, with your tobacco writing, just as someone who is uh, an ex-smoker and still, uh, I mean, I now imbibe more nicotine than ever. I did because I use a, an e-cig. What are you, what are your thoughts on e-cigarettes and and smoking in pubs and that sort of thing and the smoking ban? I mean, well, I really, yeah, I re- really vividly remember the smoking ban 
coming in. It was while I was in Bristol. I remember being, like, like going to the Hillgrove the day before and the day after it came in because I used to go to the Hillgrove most days. <laughs> um, and I think at the time I sort of thought it was a bit nanny state. But I mean, like looking back on it, it's amazing that we sort of tolerated smoking in small like enclosed spaces for so long and just the amount that it sort of impacts on like as a woman with long hair you would get home and your your hair would you'd have to wash your hair because it stank of smoke like regardless of whether you were smoking or not if you were just in a smoky room it was horrible that's the first time i've ever thought of that consequence because people always say your clothes smell of smoke but you can take your clothes off but your hair is right by your nose it, yeah and like when you're if you're like drunk or wet, like you wake up and you're hung over and your hair stinks of stale smoke it's really really vile so yeah i'm definitely glad that that <laughs> that, that happened and with i like e-cigarettes i think are really amazing in terms of a harm reduction method for people who smoke to stop smoking because like Nicotine is the psychoactive substance in tobacco, but it's not the thing that causes all the different types of cancer that are associated with smoking. And it's not the sort of the tar, it's not the formaldehyde, it's not the like heavy metals and things that are that are the toxins. And so if you can find a way to get nicotine without the tobacco, then that's just really, really positive. Well, I think, as I, I said to you once I started using e-cigarettes when there was only one place in the UK you could buy them, and it was in Twickenham, and I lived in Bristol at the time. So I, I used to get them online, I think from America or Europe. So if there's anything wrong with them, I will be the first to go, um, and I will I will give my body to science, because I've used them now for 13 years. Wow. And do you want to stop vaping? No. No, no, not 13 years. I, I, I first used one when I was 28. So, oh, yeah, 14 years. <laughs> Crikey, <laughs> Moses. Um, but, yeah, if there's anything wrong with them, you will hear it uh, from me first. Uh, but we have added uh, Old Putney, 12-year-old, and Espresso Martini to Susie Gage's Dream Pub, joining Big Drop Galactic Stout, Carnival, Carmen Mosaic Pale, Anchor Steam. Oh, could you remind me just of what was the... It was the Liberty Ale. Liberty Ale, five point nine percent, and Brooklyn Lager special effects alcohol free, which is an absolute belter, may I say? Uh, but now it's time to expand our minds, and there's only one man who can do that, and it's the lovely Robin Allender. Robin, the pub library, if you will. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Welcome to this week's pub library. Uh, and the book we're entering into the pub library this week is our guest's book, because Say Why to Drugs is not just a podcast. Susie also wrote a fantastic book um, with the same title, Say Why to Drugs. And it's, um, yeah, it's, it's very, very entertaining read. It's very, very accessible. And it's, a, it, you know, each chapter is about a different drug. And it's very good at kind of deconstructing the myths around it. Um, yeah, how do you feel about the the book now it's been out there for a couple of years? Because it kind of came out during the pandemic, didn't? Is that right? Well, it sort of came out 
like a couple of weeks before we went into lockdown. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's not an ideal time to release your first book. I will say I'll say that much because unless you're a celebrity, basically you sell books at book festivals. And I think I did two talks in the bookshops before things started to close. I very nearly went up to the book festival in Glasgow because I think the first couple of days of that ran. It's called I Write, which is just the best name for a book festival right, in Glasgow yeah, ever yeah. Um, but um, the person who was going to chair my um, session she pulled out and then my friend Adam Rutherford said that he would do it and so I was going to go but I was also very newly pregnant at that point and I just didn't know that much about coronavirus and I just decided it's probably too much of a risk so I didn't go and it's really probably a good job because Adam then got covid he came down with COVID like two days later and he was incredibly ill, like really, really properly ill. And he's spoken about, he, he's a Radio 4 science presenter and he's spoken about it quite a bit about sort of how seriously ill he was with COVID. So I think, yeah, it's probably for me a, a lucky escape to miss that. But it did mean that I didn't get to do any, if I had book festivals and music festivals lined up for that summer to do loads of sort of promo stuff, it was even in talks potentially with going to Glastonbury, which would have been just wild. It's, it's kind of mad how like I had COVID for the first time quite recently and everyone asks how it was and you go, it's just like a bad cold. It's just like a bad cold. And then you have to remind yourself, you've had three vaccinations. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm. So if it's just like a bad cold when you've had three vaccinations, imagine what it's like when you've had none. It'd be awful. Um, well, I'm so sorry that the, the you didn't have the life with the book that you had expected, but we, we still hope people will read it because it doesn't change the book itself the book is done you can hold it in your hand yes indeed and the extract i was just going to read briefly from is a very fun little extract from the alcohol chapter um which is to do with a kind of uh deconstructing the myth around beer goggles really so we're all familiar with the concept of beer goggles so here we go More recently, the group in Bristol have continued their research into alcohol and attractiveness and found something really surprising. They brought people into the lab and gave them varying quantities of alcohol. But rather than asking them to rate the attractiveness of other people, they took their photograph before and after alcohol. They then showed these pairs of photos to other people and found that how intoxicated an individual is will impact on how, on how attractive other people find them. A small amount of alcohol, roughly equivalent to one glass of wine, was associated with the highest ratings of attractiveness. Any more alcohol than this, and the effect went away. And I find this finding completely fascinating. There's a lot of research from evolutionary psychology that has indicated that skin tone impacts on rates of attractiveness. Perhaps the mild flush in a person's cheeks after alcohol can lead to this subtle effect. Perhaps a person is more relaxed, or maybe less inhibited, is a more accurate way of phrasing this, after a small amount of alcohol, and so is more at ease in front of the camera. It's impossible to say from these findings, but it might be another part of the puzzle that explains why increased levels of risky sexual behaviour are seen after alcohol intoxication. The heady mix of lower inhibitions, potentially finding others more attractive, and looking more attractive yourself could be quite the cocktail of risk behaviours. Wow. No wonder I keep getting off with myself in the mirror. (laughs) Yeah. 
the idea that you, John, get more fit the more drunk you get. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure that, that that's what Susie's saying. <laughs> it's exactly what she's saying. <laughs> no, I think she's uh, saying that the sweet point is one drink. Yeah, I, I do like the phrase "any more alcohol than this," and the effect went away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, if you've seen John slumping uh, after a bottle of wine in an Indian restaurant, then you might be familiar with that. But you might think that's the kind of guy I want in my life. You know, but that, 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 that but that's a, that's an interesting point though, because that, that the, your muscles relax so much that your one's face, if you're really drunk, have you seen this effect? One's face starts to slump. It's quite extraordinary. Yes, but I so, guess the initial phase of that is a relaxation, perhaps more likely to smile, perhaps a little glazed twinkle in the eye, a little suggestion of mischief on the lips. <laughs> so it's not beer goggles; it's beer faces. Well, it's both, is it, Susie? I think it's both, yeah, because yeah. they, they, their previous study did find that the sort of the beer goggle effect. And they tried it with um, like three different types of pictures. So they showed people, heterosexual people, they showed them pictures of the opposite sex, pictures of the same sex and pictures of landscapes to see whether it was just like everything looks more beautiful or things that I might potentially be sexually attracted to look more beautiful. So they made the landscape drunk as <laughs> oh, this was the previous one where they. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna crack a can. Lovely, like a big pissed hill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Give me your <laughs> tipsy forest. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Well, into the library goes "Say Why to Drugs" by Susie Gage. Uh, but Susie, you're also a musie. Because <laughs> when I first met you, it wasn't Susie the scientist, it was Susie the multi-musician. Um, you've been in a number of bands, I believe. I have, I have, yes. In fact, I've seen you blooming band live. When uh, we have a jukebox here at the Moon Underwater, and I know you are big into album game. I think many times uh, you, I and Robin have discussed our favourite albums. I believe at one point I even wrote my top five down on a bit of paper and kept it in my wallet. So if ever that conversation arose, I had it as a reference point. Uh, but what album more than any other would you like to hear in a pub? I think I'm going to go for Forever Changes by the band Love. Brilliant album. I think if I was really pissed, what I probably most want to hear in a pub is Britpop. But I'm going for uh, something a bit more cultured. <laughs> I believe in magic. Why? Because it is so quick. <laughs> I th so Forever Changes is a really interesting one because it's like, it should be one of my favourite albums because it's right from that period of music in that geographical place where a lot of my favourite albums are from. And I love Alone Again or Ops. But I've n I just don't think I've ever got through the whole album. Am I mad? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I am mad, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> it's a very unusual album. It's strange. You know, that's part of its charm, you know, for me. Did they have many more albums? Like a couple. There's one before. Um, oh, I've forgotten. Oh, it's, there's a song called I Just Got Out My Little Red Book, which is really good. Um, oh, what's it called? I cannot remember, but it's good. But it's not as good as Forever Changes because Forever Changes is a masterpiece. <laughs> well, it's well loved. It's a real one of those sort of list albums, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Oh, now I feel bad. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, no. Well, all, well, all like loads of great albums. But what I mean is, it. so 
when I was discovering music, you do inevitably buy those sort of like hundred albums to hear before you die. And it's always rates very highly from a band that actually I don't know anything about. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's like, that's the main, people don't know much other than Forever Changes. But it's it's actually, the reason I picked it partly is because of t- playing the album game with people who were about to be my new colleagues in Liverpool. I Before I moved up and started my job, I'd gone up for a day to do a talk and it was the day that England pay, played Wales in the Euros. And so I met them in a pub. My soon-to-be colleagues who I hadn't I'd met one or two of them before and um all of them were English apart from one who was Welsh and so he was standing at the different side of the pub for the football but then after the football we were all just hanging out and we were talking about favorite albums so he asked me to name my five favorite albums and when I mentioned Forever Changes he just spontaneously hugged me and it's it's like oh we're we're going to be friends and then obviously we spent the rest of time talking about the furries and the gawkies and it was all wonderful but yeah so forever changes is just yeah Hello, I'm Jess Phillips, an MP, and if you don't already know, I'm now a fully-fledged podcaster. My show is called Yours Sincerely, and in each episode, I invite a guest to celebrate three people that mean the world to them. Someone they love, someone who's no longer around, and someone who doesn't realise how significant a role they've played in their lives. I've spoken to Lorraine Kelly about the letter she would send to celebrate her favourite teacher, Vicky Patterson about the letter she would send to her best friend who passed away, and Fee Glover talked to me about how much she loves Taylor Swift. The conversations are a celebration of people we love, and so we often find ourselves in tears of joy and sadness as guests share the letters of appreciation they wish they could send. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or by searching for Jess Phillips wherever you listen to podcasts. And with that, I'll sign off with yours sincerely, Jess Phillips. I hope you get to enjoy my podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Dude. It's a superb choice, and it's a debut on the Moon Underwater jukebox for love. Uh, we have made reference to your wild card uh, already. Have you decided what it's going to be now that it's not espresso martinis? Oh yes, and I'm really and I'm happy because also it sort of allows me to talk about the Doom Bar, the bar, not the beer, because it's going to be Camel Valley Vineyard Sparkling White. I can't I remember if it's got an actual name, but it's um, the Camel Vandley Vineyard is just near sort of Wade Bridge kind of Padstow. Area. Yeah, it's fantastic. We, we Ruth and I went to St. Ives uh, last year and had Camel Valley there. And we discussed it with Ollie Smith as well <laughs> when he was a guest on the show. But yeah, it's really fantastic. The sparkling one is particularly... Is it the sparkling rosé? No, it's, it's sparkling white. I think it's it's... Like, because English wine has got quite a bad reputation, but this is, it's like picked up quite a few awards. It's really, it's really very, very nice. Okay, so we've got a lot, we've got a lot to choose from here. Is it Camel Valley Cornwall Brute? Is it White Pinot Noir Brute? Is it Cuvée Raymond Blanc de Noir? <laughs> or is it 2017 St Annie's Anniversary Brute or 2014 Camel Valley Chardonnay Brute? I think it's the 2014, you know, because... The Camel Valley Chardonnay Brute it is! Yeah, let's go for that one. So my family have been going on holiday to, well, Polzeth, which is just the other side of the Camel Estuary, um, since I was about sort of 14 years old. And so my parents, my sister and I go down and we all we both used to bring friends down and now we obviously bring partners and children and um but it's sort of it's like the point in our calendar year and we all go down to Cornwall and it's just it's heavenly down there it's really wonderful the sea is a astonishing colour and we quite often used to cycle the camel trail so if you go over to Padstow you can hire bikes and cycle all the way to Bodmin and back so you go through Wade Bridge and then you go through basically along the Camel River, through the Camel Valley, and you go past the vineyard. And um, we quite often used to go down when it was my birthday, so like the beginning of July was the time when we were there. And so we'd quite often sort of have a dinner to celebrate either out or like a barbecue or something. And so there's some fizz would always be drunk and that. Yeah, drinking it, looking out over the estuary, we'd see dolphins in the water and it's just, oh, it's the best place on earth, I think. Amazing. Do you think you'll ever move there one day, or or is it better by its uh, rarity? It's yeah. I mean, it's just a long way from places. That's the problem. I'd lo- I would love to live on the North Cornwall coast somewhere, but yeah. Ball Lake from Liverpool, though, isn't it? <laughs> it's a bit of a trek. I mean, yeah. God, last year we did it with a five-month-year-old in an electric car. Jeez, and Louise. We, we, we knew about it. <laughs> You'd rather yeah. do it with a five-month-old car with an electric baby. Yeah, <laughs> we got it. Definitely got it the wrong way around. You're barred. <laughs> 
Okay, superb choice. So that completes Susie Gage's choices for her dream tavern. Uh, but you are allowed to outlaw something, Susie. You're allowed to make sure something or someone or some activity never happens in your dream pub. What's it going to be? Um, it's places where they turn up the music sort of as as the night goes on. And so the music just gets cranked up and cranked up and cranked up. And by the end of your night, you seem like you're in a disco. And if I wanted to go to a disco, I'd go to a disco. <laughs> but I'm, I'm in a pub because I want to be in a pub and I want to be able to carry on talking to my friends. And so. so it's not as simple as loud music because if you walk into a pub at five o'clock and the music's loud, you can walk out again. Exactly. It's tricking you into... It is. It's a it's cruel the bo- trick. It's the boiling frog. It's the boiling frog. It's the boiling frog of music. Yeah. Because hmm. what's the point in starting the music at a pleasant level only to slowly and slowly boil the frog of our ears to death? Hurry up, please. It's time. Well, not only do we need the music to be kept at the... Uh, requisite volume we also need a name for this pub what are you going to call it Suze? my pub is called the big egg (laughs) (laughs) nice is that Armando Iannucci? Yeah, so it's. I've always loved that. It's that's he in the Armando Iannucci show. He's, he says it's his favourite joke. Is what's big and small at the same time a big egg? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's the What's the fly joke in there? Uh, I say, I say, I say. A fly. It's got no nose. So how does it smell? It's got sort of got a thousand eyes that compensate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thousand-eyed fly is also a good name for a pub. But I'm sticking with the big egg, and partly also because we call my son we call him Elliot Egg the egg so he's growing so he's the big egg and also I just really like the idea of like ringing up your friends and being like what should we do tonight let's go down the big egg big egg (laughs) egg. (laughs) that's really good that's great well uh, Susie it has been a delight to chat to you thank you so much for joining us here at the Moon Underwater Uh, however all we need from you now before you depart with the big egg under your arm to uh, to call upon whenever you need it the most. Uh, we need a song from Forever Changes to play you out. So what's going to be your uh, your track of choice? Uh, I think I'm going to go for The Red Telephone, please. <sighs> the Red Telephone, which I am now going to listen to. As soon as you've gone, I'm going to put it on to, to give Forever Changes another go. Yeah, give it a go. And I'm sure you've probably got the CD I've got, which has got all those outtakes at the end as well, which is which are lovely. Love Love's first album was called Love, so you know, just wanted to say that as well. No, nil, nil, nil problemo, nil desperando. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for your time in listening to our conversation with Susie Gage. Susie is now leaving the gaping, beveled mouths of the moon underwater to head back to the other realm. Uh, just a reminder that if you want to support the upkeep of this fine establishment, you can go to moonunderpod.com or patreon.com forward slash moonunderpod to find out all about our tears. Bye-bye. Sitting on the hillside Watching all the people die I'll feel much better on the other Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, it's William and Jordan here from Help, I Sexted My Boss. And on Tuesday, our show at the London Palladium will be streamed live into cinemas. So if you want an evening full of laughs and outrageous problems and dilemmas, then come along and join us on the big screen. Help as Sex and My Boss Live is showing everywhere and everyone's welcome. Go to sexofmyboss.com slash cinema to get your tickets now. That's sexofmyboss.com slash cinema. 